Hello and welcome to Jacked. I'm Tom Howard, Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 19, NASDAQ Futures down 68. Brendan, do you know what uh, TV show that was a theme for? I was trying to remember, but it, it is a new song. Yes, it is. I uh, did not preload that. You can thank uh, Burn for that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know what that guy's level of dig up over there. I don't know what he would he's looking for I, all I did was press play and I'm like what in God's name <laughs> yeah, it's a, I think it's the uh, I believe it's the Big Valley Brennan but I'm not 100% sure I don't I don't recognize uh, the song of the show I mean I remember the Big Valley but I don't remember if that's the song from it well there were there were a bunch that were total iconic I mean there was the one from Wagon Train there was the one from Gunsmoke the one from Bonanza the one from My Shepherd I mean, there, were, there, were, there had to be Fifteen of them. If you watch those shows back in the day, you recognize them all. Well, you, it's hard That's to, right. It's you hard could to sing them all. Like, yeah. like remember, uh, everybody would sing uh, Gilligan's Island and uh, Beverly Hillbillies, oh, yeah. where the intro songs had words as well. Oh yeah. Well, the one the, actually there was a guy, a broker in the OEX pit, who could sing the theme song of Bonanza. I mean, I didn't even know that thing had words, but it did. Yeah. Um, but they were all big yeah, orchestras. Well, you know, the Andy Griffin show where Andy and Opie are, are walking on the road, that has words, too. Yeah. I don't think the, uh, the Lone Ranger, I don't think the William Tell Overture ever had words. I don't think so, either. Um, but, uh, hey, how are you? SB Futures are uh, are down 19, well, actually 19.75.20. The uh, Nasdaq Futures down 70. Dow Futures down 98 after one of the most amazing recoveries yesterday we've seen in a while. From uh, the bottom to the top, we've got all kinds of news. But how are you? I'm doing okay. Doing much better every day compared to uh, you know any of the, the residual effects of what I had a couple of weeks ago with COVID. Um, so things are going okay. I uh, am very small. You're somewhat different. Oh, of course, that's being the lawyer in you. Uh, everybody I've known in the last four weeks that has gotten the second booster has had an issue. From arms sore for like three, four days to Robert being flat on his back for three, four days or a couple other people getting COVID right after they got the shot. I mean, which I don't think that's anything to do with the shot. But I mean, it, there's there's no good feeling for this second booster. These are people that had no problems with the first original two shots and even the first booster. Yeah. I and, think and that was me. I didn't have any problems at all at first with the, with the first two shots or the booster. And, you know, I mean, I, I just think it's coincidental that I can trace it back to getting uh, getting infected the Saturday before my shot. My shot was on a Monday. But it is weird that so many people, because you're right, I know some other people, too, who right about the same time of getting their second booster came down with COVID. But I know uh, my, my attorney buddies, uh, every one of those, they're a bunch of older dudes, every one of them was bitching about real sore arm, and the, the first three shots, they had no problems at all. Um, anyhow. Yeah. Very strange, but the uh, doesn't. It is very strange. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, what are they? Uh, matter of fact, one, one of the guys, and I don't know what he was even doing getting the second booster. The guy's in his forties, maybe he was in the emergency room the other night. He's feeling lousy, and of course he calls his doctor, and the doctor goes, "Oh, geez, go to the emergency room." Well, he goes and they just give him a bunch of tests. They say he looks to me like you're fine. I sent him home. Okay, okay, but uh, anyway, so that's where he spent his Friday night instead of the bar where he belonged. Right, just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, you have enough alcohol, it'll kind of kill it all anyway, right? Oh, he didn't have any. That's probably why he felt bad, you know? A, well, I know, yeah. but I'm saying that if he had gone to the bar right. and drank enough alcohol, it would have done the same thing. 
Well, there were a lot of guys that went on the trading floor when they got the cold. Of course, you never didn't go to work in those days. You know? So they went over to Ceres and went to Fran, the waitress, and got the cure. What do you suppose the cure was? The band? <laughs> a nice salt <laughs> gin and tonic. Actually, no. It was a very hot tea, fresh squeezed lemon. Uh, a hot toddy. Ra- raw honey. Oh, a hot toddy. Yeah, raw honey. And, and remember rack and rye, that stuff? They pour a bunch of rack and rye in there. I, I never could figure out how do they, they get the orange in the bottle in the rack and rye. To this day, I have no idea how they did that. <laughs> I also don't get how boats end up That's in That's a bottles. very good question. I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, it's easy on the boats. Guys actually do that. Guys put this thing in. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a huge art form. But now you get the orange Yeah, in then you just pull the string. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, anywho. So what do, you, what do you make of, uh, well, yesterday, the comeback, um, my, my sources tell me that as the market was way down in the morning at uh, 1024, somebody bought 400,000 shares of QQQ and bought... Uh, thirty thousand of the May sixteen calls. May the May sixteen three forty two calls. Those are big orders, Brendan. Who do you suppose is that? The Fed? <laughs> Who is that? I mean, it's and then the bonds, of course, turn around, and we're going to find out probably that the Fed put money in again this week. This is this is the the Fed is the Fed has got themselves here on a tightrope over Niagara Falls. For God's sake, they uh, you know they can't let the market go down yet. They got it. They got to bring back some of this stuff because the inflation's so high and. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I am so tired of listening to these people all day long talk about what the Fed's going to do when they haven't done anything. And yet this is, this is like the leak in your house where we're going to talk, keep talking about maybe fixing the leak while the whole place is going under with water. Just saying. But the, uh, it is very strange. I, I agree. It is very strange. And um, they are walking a very, very uh, tight rope over Niagara Falls. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of months. Well, I, uh, what I, what I, I don't know why I did this, Kevin or Kevin well, Brennan. The uh, I don't know why I did this, but I, when I read that book, uh, Freedom from Fear, with by William Kennedy, I picked up some things in that book that changed my way of thinking on just about anything, everything. And one of them is on recessions. Now I know I'm a, I'm a voice in the wilderness here, although I, I, I will bet that you will agree with me on this. Instead of Looking at these gross numbers and saying, "Okay, is the GDP lower last quarter than the quarter?" You know that that's what two quarters in a row of negative GDP is considered a recession, correct? Yep. And uh, of course, you have a an official recession think tank out there. What do they do the rest of the time? Do they just play golf all day or what? There's an official recession group that lets you know when there's a recession or whether there was one. The last one was was one in the, in the rearview mirror, right? They said there was a, a brief one like two years ago or something. Uh, uh-huh. any, anyway, uh, instead of that, what William Kennedy has done to me is instead of looking at these gross numbers, especially when the Fed has poured money, so much money in the system, you can't, even, you can't even tell if you're on foot or horseback. I mean, if I were to ask you, Coca-Cola said that their sales were up 16% from last year. How much of that would you guess is just raised prices or how much of it is more Coke? I'd have to look at more numbers to tell you that, but I, I would think that more of it is higher prices than it is selling more product at this point. Yeah, I, I would, so I'm saying it's very difficult to look at these gross numbers. So anyway, what, mm-hmm. William, what William Kennedy talked about in the 20s is even though everybody will say it was a roaring 20s and people had all this dull and the market was running up and all this kind of stuff, he said if you looked at different segments of society, 
a lot of segments of society were in recession already, and, uh, and the whole agricultural area, or most of it, especially the South, was in a depression already. So if you look at individual pieces of the of the of the landscape, you get a whole different picture than you do. You, you might get a whole different picture than if you look at the gross numbers, and that's somehow or other now that he's 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 caught me with his disease like COVID, so I'm doing the same thing. And I, and I look around and I see people trying to get 6% raises when the inflation rate is 10%. And I go, recession! <laughs> you know, if, if they get their raises. And I, I, I think that 80% of the population, maybe more, has been in a recession since 2007. Getting worse by the day. In the last year and a half, uh, unless you got a big check for PPP or something, uh, and own some place or whatever, or you're one of the lucky ones that kept your restaurant somewhat open and got the check anyway, I think just about most, the great majority of the population has been in recession now for a minimum two and a half years, Brendan. And I don't think it's getting much better. So tell me where I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. Um, I wish I could. I, I don't know how true that is, but it certainly seems like, like we've been in these doldrums for a while. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't know how much of it was due primarily to COVID and, um, you know, the way we try to, to handle COVID with the infusion of money. I do think that it was necessary for the infusion of money, but, you know, how much is too much and what are the unintended consequences of it? Well, it's not so much the infusion of money. It, it's where you get it. If you if you would have borrowed it from everybody and just sold more bonds and, and sprinkled the infield, uh, then you don't mess with your money supply. You mess with your deficit. But you don't mess with your money supply. If you were to tax it, and I, and I honestly think that the, this this all started, Brendan, back when when uh, Bush too had his his neocon goofballs working with him, and they had he had two things: one, we had to go to war with Iraq because we wanted the oil, and secondly, we weren't going to raise taxes, so we're putting the war in the credit card. That that decision started us out on this inflationary gambit that we're still on. Because we start increasing the money supply to pay for that war and haven't stopped. And once it gets in the bloodstream, mm-hmm. so there, there's three ways to get money. One is you raise taxes, which they wouldn't do, and we still don't want to do. Second is you borrow it. The third place, the third way is you print it. And we've decided mm-hmm. this, this printing option is the, is the easy one and the Fed's going right with it. There was a guy on TV this morning, Joe, uh, Kieran and said, well, the Fed is an independent institution, but they, they have to go with the political, the, you know, the political politics sometime, and they have to enable the government to spend this money. No, they don't. That's exactly why they're supposed to be independent, right? Knock yourself out. If you want to have a, a trillion dollar deficit? Go borrow it or, or tax it, or, or you know, or, mm-hmm. or don't don't even. Well, if you tax it, it's not a uh, it's not a deficit. Either tax it or or, or or borrow it. I'm not giving it to you. Or I'm giving you ten percent, and that's it. So anyway, what do you think of your uh, your, your buddy Elon buying Twitter? You know, that, that's very interesting. Um, talk about a potential monopoly and, and uh, unintended consequences. You know, I, I, I do uh, have a lot of reservations about him or anybody. I mean, not, not just him personally, but anybody in that role having uh, primary control over something like Twitter. Of course, yeah, I mean, the same thing is true for Zuckerberg with, uh, with Meta. But, um, you know, it, it almost seems like I, this is this is reminiscent of, of an analogy of Willie Wilson. Remember Willie Wilson from Kansas City Royals? Oh yeah, back in the eighties. 
who said that cocaine is God's way of telling you you're making too much money. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think this, this, this is similar that, you know, this kind of an action, both he and Bezos going up to space and now buying Twitter is just an example of somebody that God is telling you, you've got too much money, you've got to do something with this. What? And hopefully it turns out better for him and for our country than uh, what happened with Willie Wilson making so much money for the Kansas City Royals back in the 80s. Why can't we turn off this carbon credit crap that gives this guy a half of you know, five hundred million dollars a quarter. It's all mm-hmm. there's. There's Tesla has not made this dough, and nobody there has gotten a dividend. And yet, all we do is give this guy money. Virtually every every all the cash that company makes goes right to him. Yeah. And what do you think? You're this is this is guy. I don't think this guy's from the south side. Your buddy Jack, Jack Dorsey. You seen this guy lately? I mean, I say, I mean, boy, when it comes to appearances, I mean, I, I can't really. What's with the the tie-dyed shirt and the the, the long beard, like if he's coming out of a, out of some monastery in in, a, in Tibet or someplace, and he's he's doing the kung fu thing? And now here's 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 his his get a load of this. Now, now, man, this guy is supposed to be going to make a fortune today with his fifty-four hours, right? Uh, the idea and service is all that matters to me, and I will do whatever it takes to protect both. He just quit a year ago, right? As a CEO, so. He do whatever it takes to protect both, but he just quit. Twitter as a comp- as a company has always been my sole issue and my biggest regret. It has been owned by Wall Street and the ad model. Taking it back from Wall Street is the correct first step. In principle, I don't believe anyone should own or run Twitter. What this is like, uh, uh, Bitcoin. It wants to be a public good at a protocol level, not a company. Let me repeat that. It wants to be a public good at a protocol level, not a company. Brendan, what the bleep does that mean? Uh, solving, for, <laughs> solving for the problem of it being a company, however, Elon is the sing- Elon. Elon is a singular solution I trust. I trust his mission to extend the light of consciousness. What kind? What is this guy smoking? He just walked off the mountain. Yeah, what a doob in his mouth. You're, you're absolutely right. He's He's been on the mountain for ten hours a day, and then going in to rest up. <laughs> I mean, what, what does this even mean? It has turned into a company. It's a big company, and all of a sudden, wouldn't it be nice if it wasn't a company? Well, he's the one who brought it public, isn't he? I think he is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was before he went into the monastery, or what? what I, don't, I don't get this. I'm beginning to wonder if, if planet Earth isn't on the wrong on the wrong course here, someplace. So if you don't if you don't like well, what I, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of argument for, from a lot of people about that that we're on the wrong course right now. When you look into what's going on all over the place in the interactions, but you know specifically when you're talking in the, the tech world with it, with how big Meta got and you know things on your phone. I mean, it is really weird um, how uh, how we're being tracked right now and how our phones, for example, pick things up. Um, you know, I I've been getting. Uh, feeds on my both my computer and on my phone for things that Dale and I have talked about or that she's bought or she's looked for on Amazon and all of a sudden things start popping up on my phone. Well, I had a, a message on my phone, a text message that was based on a conversation that Dale and I were having. I wasn't even touching my phone and all of a sudden it's like uh, you know, listening to what I'm saying is transcribed in my phone for a text message. 
and it was to somebody that made no sense for the conversation, but there it was in the text box. I mean, this is getting really scary about um, how we're being tracked and how we're being fed information towards advertisements. Um, can you even, I, I don't even, can you can you back off? If, if, you, if you have a, if you decide to go, and I, I don't know the technology, but if you, if you decide to go with your, your basic flip phone and say, I don't want any of that stuff, you can't even go to a ball game. No. See, I, I think I think no. I think there there needs to be a, a rule on that. You can't. Well, there needs to be rules on a lot of stuff, I guess. But there ought to be a rule. I don't see how you 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 let these people do what they're doing and can't find there can't be a way for people to opt out. And, and I, there has to be a way, especially since money's supposed to be able to be used anywhere. There has to be a way for me to buy a, a round of beers at a ballpark without somebody knowing about it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? I, and often you buy a particular brand of beer the next time the guy comes down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but I'm saying we we can't be on both ends of this. We can't be encouraging, you know, uh, or, or allowing. I mean, uh, you know, Matty Weber talks about uh, maybe he'll talk about it on Thursday. He should be in. Uh, it's not it's not the banks anymore. It's these these the people who, are, who who manage all the. There's only like two or three companies now that, that manage all these transactions, and most people I don't even know the names of them. But Maddie does. They are, they are the most powerful companies in the world right now. Nobody knows who the hell they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they're probably behind the idea that every time, every time, and I'll give the brief version that I know of, when you go into, uh, you know, a, a, say you go into Sirius, say you go into, say you go into, I was going to say Marshall Fields, we go into Macy's or someplace, Macy's has a provider that, that, that takes care of all their credit card transactions. And everybody gets, no matter how, how size you are, you can essentially negotiate that rate down, whether it's a percent, half a percent. I mean, many knows the numbers better than me. Uh, but the, uh, you get to negotiate. But in there, the guy might say, I'll, I'll give you uh, a, a rate better than everybody else, but you have to make sure nobody takes cash. We want all your business. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not up to them. It says right in the DM bill. This thing is, is a, all debts, public and private. They, they don't get to do that in my world, Brendan. I don't know, in yours maybe? It's not all about not wanting people to handle cash and people stealing money. You want to know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, if I want to give the guy, a, a, the, the beer guy, a $20 tip, I don't, I don't want him, I mean, I suppose he'll still take that. I would hope, but I, I don't, I don't want anybody knowing that I did it, or even his boss. Well, he probably doesn't want, know, want people to know you did it either. Right. <laughs> But I mean, we're, we, we're letting companies, you know, we, we get so far down this, the, uh, uh, was his, Jack Callahan was a nice guy, funny guy, was on the board of CBOE. He used to say, we have no idea where we're going, but we're well on our way. Is, is this where we want to land? That two or three companies know everything about everybody? That you, you can't use cash, you can't use anything else except go through them for every transaction? I mean, there, there's people in the regulatory world that, that love that, Brennan. I mean, it's just, I, I know that, 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 you know, FINRA wants firms the size of PTI out of business. I mean, I can, I can just feel it. Now, because they only want to go and audit the bigger places. Because then the bigger places hire the people from there in, and it's a big, big symbiotic mess, in my mind. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, the, the game would be if PTI tripled in size and we're going to have a in-house big compliance officer, 
we'd go to FINRA and we'd hire somebody. So when his buddies come over and meet him at the door, this is this is the way things are done. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. Bull bleep. That's not the way things are done in my world. You know, but then again, oh, I am fighting it. You know, and, and it's not a. But if that's, I mean, how, how do we, how do we get? I don't, I don't get how this whole credit card thing got to be such a small group of people, and all of a sudden they control everything and they tell people whether or not you can take cash or not. I mean, I, how do we? You know, that's, that's an interesting question when you think about the history of America. I mean, there, there are two things that work in America. First is the Horatio Alger story, where you start from nothing and you you come up with an idea, and you become successful wildly beyond your wildest dreams. And the second is that you become successful enough that you have a monopoly. You know, the, the old trust clusters from, uh, that were necessary from the, the late 1800s and early 1900s to the point where it gets so big that it has to be controlled because it gets out of, out of control completely. And it's, it's, you know, we don't know which, which avenue we really want. Do we want the individuals, the small corporations, you know, the, the immigrant guy who comes over from on the boat who, who is successful or his son and daughter are successful in the family business. It, it's, it's a weird mix. And, but I agree with your basic point that, um, you know, at, at a certain point it gets too big and too controlling and, uh, it, it just becomes unworkable and, uh, and bad. Well, I, I, I don't really, I don't mind people making a lot of money. <laughs> uh, Brandon, I'd like to... No, no, I'm not saying uh, that we're no. making a lot of money, but it's a control issue that, I mean, like, like a Cornelius Vanderbilt from the 1890s in the railroad industry uh, to the point where he puts everybody out of business and he's got more money than God. You know, or you look at, at an Elon Musk who has enough money right now to, to buy Twitter or what Zuckerberg is doing uh, in the meta world. Uh, you know, it was a good idea that, that went too far and stayed in the control of one person and continues to grow in a monopolistic way. Well, the what you mentioned, the railroads, which is interesting because you know that's kind of in my wheelhouse. The thing yeah. that bothers the living bleep out of me, uh, and I don't know how you stop it, Brennan, but I, first of all, you need to wake up in Washington and at least see that it's going on, or in Illinois or anywhere. I, I, my, I have a big, you know, really hair up my behind regarding... Amazon, because I think they got there by cheating in sales taxes. That's how they got big. And and, mm-hmm. the, and for whatever reason, the state of Illinois, and I don't know about the other states, but the state of Illinois, whether the, the then governor's wife or the governor was buying crap on, on Amazon and not paying taxes and was gleeful about it, out of all the rules that we that we absolutely uh, I mean, try and try and not pay any part of your income tax here in Illinois. They'll find you in the can, for God's sake. Yet, mm-hmm. for years and years, and even until today, if you don't pay a tax on Amazon, it's a big joke. Now, how exactly you and I, you know, I'm not a, you know, saying a, bit, a lot of great stuff about Best Buy. How, how in God's name, you and I have a Best Buy sitting there, we're paying property taxes, we're paying everything, and people are coming in and taking screenshots of our TV and ordering on Amazon and not paying taxes. How anybody allowed that to happen? And I'm, I'm not saying that the, that the guy at Amazon, you know, ended up, didn't end up being a distributionary type of genius or whatever, but it, it, he got his start for the first 10 years. The only reason why people use that crap, not the only one, but the major reason was because the people didn't pay taxes there. And now for some reason the state decided to not go after any of that stuff. Now you look at this Elon Musk, and I, I don't really care 
if the guy makes the world's best cars, or if he, or if he des- discovers the cure of cancer, and the guy's got more money than God, that that that's America. But America doesn't give somebody as to why he's getting. Every time Ford sells a car, they got to send him a check. Where that came from, they got, they never made any money until July of 2021 without these carbon credits. This this quarter, when everybody was gurgling about their their, they they made three and a quarter a share. A buck a share was this uh, carbon mandate, or whatever $679 million is. We, we gave him the dough, and, and now all of a sudden he's a god? Oh, he's he's going to buy the news places and, and make everybody know how they should how they should talk to each other? I want, I want no part of that guy doing that. Yep. But it, but if, at least if he made his money himself, the thing, I was going to say the railroads, the connection there is, I mean, you probably out of most people, Brennan, when somebody decided to build a railroad, how did they do it? We only got a minute. How do they do it? Yeah. Going across the West, they issued municipal bonds that convinced every town, every small town between here and the West Coast to uh, to issue debt and go into debt for the railroad. And it turned out that in, in a, a large proportion of those, the, the railroad was never built through the town and the bonds went into default. That's, that's how the municipal bond industry grew in the first place. Well, the first thing they did was give them big chunks of land, not only just to build on, but to sell on each side of the track to get the money to, to build it. The five western railroads got something like 22% of all the land in the U.S. was, was gifted to them. The first, the first, we got a break here, but the first railroad out of Chicago was the Chicago to Galena. And they were given the right of way and they were given enough land on each side to sell to people and, uh, and to build the, the property. So, so at the end of the day, yeah, there was some bonds and everything, but the but the the, the collateral was the land, Brennan. It was given to him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Brennan, thank you very much. Glad you guys are feeling better. SP futures down fifteen now, coming back some. SP futures down forty nine, coming back there as well. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. 
Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 16. NASDAQ Futures down 56. We've been down pretty much all morning here, but not uh, down a little bit more. We were unchanged last night, actually up a little bit, because we had a big turnaround in the market yesterday from way, way down to pretty much way up. So uh, very interesting. Yes, Dow Futures down 124 individual stacks. Pretty much everything in the Dow is down. The only one that's up is Merck, uh, 52 cents. We've got Goldman Sachs down a buck 67. We've got Microsoft down a buck nineteen. Microsoft was the one, pretty much, that led us out of the wilderness yesterday. When the rest of the market was way down, it started to rally and it was up, I think, like five bucks. So it was the, uh, it was uh, the leader, shall we say, in that in that section. And the, the huge comeback in the uh, in the, uh, the QQQs yesterday, or, or in the Nasdaq market. Uh, over in Europe, we've got you know, these guys were all heavy down yesterday. A DAX up one thirty five one percent. FTSE down up sixty one point eight percent. CAC around up seventy five one point one. They didn't catch our rally as much uh, because they closed a couple hours earlier, obviously. So they're catching up on that right now. Over in Asia, um, Nikkei up 109.4%. But Shanghai was down 5% yesterday. They're down another 1.5% today, down 42 points. Hang Seng with a little bit of a bounce. These guys were down big huge yesterday as well, up 65 points, 0.3%. But the uh, uh, mainland China is down again. Uh, Beijing is expanding uh, COVID testing and... HSBC's profits fell, so China's pretty much a mess right now, for lack of a better term. Uh, we finished yesterday Dow up 238. It was down, I think, f- at least 400. Uh, S&P up 24. was down probably 60 or 70. Uh, NASDAQ up 165. That's 1.3%. That was the biggest mover. But that's been the biggest mover down the last few days, so it makes sense they'd make the biggest bounce. Uh, bonds down 3 basis points, 2.79. So backing off at a 3 Three-point number, pretty good. Uh, Bun minus one to point eight three. Uh, Japan unchanged at point two five. Uh, the biggest, well, another move yesterday was the dollar versus the yen. 
the dollar just just kicking butt on the end here. And Japan kind of refuses to change their policy, their central bank, so they're kind of going a different policy than ours. And we'll see how that that shakes out. But that's one of the biggest movers as to why gold is going down and all this other stuff. Oil up forty eight cents, but still under one hundred ninety nine oh two. Went up sixty nine cents, one hundred three oh one. Natural gas up twenty nine cents, back up near seven dollars at six ninety seven. That's a big move in natural gas. That's, that's a four and a half percent move. Our Bob unchanged at three twenty three. Gold finally a little bit of a bounce, back up over nineteen hundred, up eleven ten. Silver up twelve cents, twenty three seventy nine. Copper up three cents, four forty eight. So we've seen some reversals of where things have been uh, the last couple of days. Anyway, uh, we've got Bitcoin up 307 to 40,500. A lot of stuff going on here, Eliane. What do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Yeah, we have quite, actually quite a lot going on over here, too. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.37 a.m. on April 26th. And uh, let's get started with sports. Uh, looking at the NBA, uh, Suns will be hosting a game against the Pelicans tonight at 9 o'clock. So look forward to that. And Bulls will be playing uh, Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow at 6.30. Uh, moving over to hockey, Blackhawks beat the Flyers last night 3-1. to And we can look forward to Coyotes playing the Minnesota Wild tonight at 7 o'clock. Moving over on to baseball, uh, we have White Sox hosting a game against Casey Royals tonight at 6.10. And the Cubs will be playing the Braves tonight at 6.20. Diamondbacks lost to Dodgers last night 0-4 to with a chance for a comeback tonight at 8.40, so they can look forward to that. Looking at weather this morning in Chicago, currently cloudy with, uh, sitting at 40 with a high of 50, low of 36 in Phoenix. Partly cloudy, sitting at 63 degrees with a high of 99 freaking degrees and a low of 63. Moving over to traffic this morning, kind of busy on the roads already at this hour. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between the 294 North Tri-State Ramp and Central. Traffic westbound on 290 between Costner and 25th. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between Lee Street and Lawrence. Traffic westbound on I-90 between Lawrence and West Higgins. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on 94 between West North Avenue and Canal Port. We have intermittent traffic on westbound on 94 between 130th and 76th and between 47th and West Division with an accident at 137th. So be mindful of the traffic that's going to build up due to that as the morning continues on. We have traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon. Uh, we have traffic northbound on Lakeshore between East Roosevelt and West Michigan, partly due to bridge maintenance between Wacker and Grand. And finally, we have traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Michigan Avenue and East Roosevelt Road. And we have Mr. Joel on the line. Um, Joel, how are you? Doing well, sir. How's, uh, how's the Windy City on this Tuesday? Actually, we're chilly today, but um, so, you know, everybody's looking for this solution. So Jack says that they, that uh, Elon gives us the Twitter, uh, this is your job with us. Your mission is to extend the light of consciousness at Stocks and Jacks. Okay, whatever Jack and Elon says, I'm for. No, no, you're not just for, you're supposed to be extending the light. Just saying. Oh, Chief, do you really want to get me started on this? <laughs> uh, you know what we should have done? All we had to do... Well, I don't know if they would take such a big bet to set us up. How how could the Bulls have ever been three point favorites the other night? <laughs> Chief, man, you are just throwing the curveballs and the heat at me, man. I don't know. I don't know where to start. I, I let you. You can start anywhere now after those two comments. What do you think of? Uh, uh, well, 
I'd have to say, boy, I don't know if I want to touch either one. I'm not following the NBA that closely, uh, except for Jordan Poole. Do you see what Jordan Poole's doing? No. What the? Do you know who Jordan Poole is? Uh, I've heard the name, but I'm not up on it that much. He's a Michigan player. He's okay. a Michigan player, and uh, he is uh, tearing it up for Golden State. Oh, all right. And uh, scoring some big points. So um, that's the extent I've been following it. Um, can't say that I'm disappointed that uh, you know the Nets got swept by the Celtics. Not that I'm a huge Celtics fan by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but that that's the extent of it. Uh, the Bulls are playing the Bucks, right? And yeah, what, it, what's the series at? Uh, three to one. And somehow or another, the Bulls, uh, you know, God parted this, the, the Red Sea for them one night in, in Milwaukee. So the Bulls come home, and they're actually three-point favorites. They lose by 30. Really? Yeah. Wow. They were never wow. in the game. I, I, they, had, I, they had no I business. I would have on that one if I had a DraftKings or one of those uh, crazy accounts. But, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes the books get it wrong. Not very often now. Uh, the Bulls have no business on the court with these guys. They have it all year. They've lost... The last 16 times they've met or something, they've lost 14 of them. Not even close. And it's, it's, it's like the, one of the best teams in basketball against one of the worst. It's, it, I don't, uh, uh, well, the Pistons are one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put them in that category. Yet, but, um, uh, no, I mean, who's, uh, who, I mean there's, a lot, there's a lot of good games. There seems to be more interest in the NBA this year. Uh, things are getting a little bit back to normal. But... Uh, uh, you know the Celtics look good coming out of the East, and um, and then coming out of the West. I mean, it looks like a toss up right now. Well, Phoenix is really good. Golden State; those are the two teams. I mean, right? Well, they're all yeah. I mean, even uh, but the Utah series isn't bad either. You know, I mean, so there's, there's there's more good teams, I think. But this, uh, I think, hopefully, this will put the the cork in this. You know, Kyrie Irving going from team to team to team, and he's this big star. He, he's been horrible in that playoff, if you watched it. And the thought of him getting $50 million next year, from whom? Just saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have the superstars. I mean, they didn't have Ben Simmons coming. You know, they thought they made the trade for him, and they didn't have him. So, uh, that hurt him. You know, I just, uh, you know, it, it's when your team's at the bottom of the league, like the Pistons have been for so long, it's just, it's hard to get excited. But uh, have you been, um, not that I'm a big TV guy, and I don't know if I've mentioned this, but have you, uh, if you have HBO Max, have you seen Winning Time? I, uh, every uh, night, the sto- every, I don't really have, I don't have HBO, even though I have, somehow I have a $250 cable bill and I don't have HBO Max, so. Tell me, I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what it is, Joel. But uh, my guys, every night I stop for a cocktail down at the series, I get the whole story. So I get the play-by-play okay. in the bar. So, all right. Well, you should check it out because well, tell uh, me this: what is the little bit? What is the difference? But, uh, I have to ask you a question about the market yesterday, real quick. But then, then I want to ask you about that that, that show you're talking about. Uh, when when the when who did you notice that big huge buy in the QQQs yesterday morning about ten thirty? Four hundred thousand shares of stock. Somebody bought four hundred thousand shares oh. of the Qs, and uh, and uh, thirty thousand of the the three forty two calls on uh, March May sixteenth at like ten thirty yesterday morning. Kind of kind of turned the market around pretty good. But uh, I watched the Jordan rules. Now the the story there was 
they allowed, they allowed with everybody's permission, including Jordan's, to take all these pictures and films and interviews back in those days, with the idea was they would only produce them or whatever when Jordan and the rest of the guys felt it was far enough out, correct? And it was, but it was a, essentially a player sponsored, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, whatever you want to call it, a, a history piece, correct? Uh, and now the thing from LA, from what I gather, is anything but that. It's, it's interviews from individual people about behavior people had and, and just bits and pieces interviews of those times. So it's not anything that's quote sanctioned by anybody, correct? Correct. That is correct. It, and obviously yeah. there's quite a yeah. bit of differences because people are, are pissed off with how they're being represented and things like that, right? Yeah, mainly Jerry West. Uh, Jerry West is, uh, not portrayed in a favorable light at all. Um, so, yeah, and then um, I think Apple's doing another thing, like the Magic Man. So, um, you know, there's competition out there on it. Uh, but, yes, you're exactly right. So, um, you know, it's, I mean, some of it's true, some of it's not. I mean, I like the history of it, you know, with Larry Bird and, you know, the Indiana State, Michigan State, Irving Johnson, you know, Jabbar's attitude, so, but, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, yeah, there's definitely some people that are unhappy with it, and, um, and it's primarily Jerry West. Well, the, uh, you know, and, and all, the amount about the behavior off court, I mean, I, I know in this, this, yes. this, this, this perfect world we have, uh, you know, when everybody thinks that, that they're all, that they're all perfect and everybody behaves like, like they want them to behave and all this other kind of crap, the simple fact is, the, when we had we had a couple of guests on the show, uh, you know, uh, ladies. I mean, by looking at them, they're ladies. They knew this was a, a group. They knew they knew where the Blackhawks were going to go. Uh, what bar they were going after the game before the Blackhawks knew. They had a, an absolute chapter and verse of which guy was married, which guy was married and, and name only, which guy was nice to their girlfriends, which guy was. The, they had they had book on these guys like there was no tomorrow. This is this is like a science for some people. That's why they call them groupies. And yep. I mean the idea of of uh, these guys having to look for women, it, it ain't happening, Joel. I mean, and everybody's appalled that they that, that you know Magic Johnson can have as many women as he wants per week. Don't be appalled. I mean, it, that's the way the world is, and I, you know it always has been. I I, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, I agree. I'm not saying well, right or wrong. I'm not. I, I'm not saying what the morals are of the person, you know, doing it. But, but the fact is, the opportunity presents itself. Shall we say? Yep. Yep. I. Uh, I, I definitely. It goes both ways. Yep, oh, sure it does. I have to. I have sure to agree on that. So. Um, hey, Chief. I gotta hop. I'll catch you next week. Okay. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself and go. Go, your guy in blue. Go blue. Yeah. Go blue. Um, SP Futures down 17, NASDAQ Futures down 57. Can't seem to get this rolling here this morning, even though it looks like it wants to, like yesterday. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, 
Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howard. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 16. NASDAQ Futures down 54. Keeps trying to rally here, but kind of stuck there. Do we have, uh, we have Mr. Kenny? We do. Did you mention to him that Kenny is the singular solution we trust and we trust his mission at Stacks and Jacks to extend the light of consciousness? Huh? Why did this explain what you mean? That's a, uh, that's what Jack said about Elon. <laughs> My goodness. Listen, it's a very, very interesting situation what's going on there, right? I think there's a lot of debate about, you know, whether it's right or wrong, what's it going to become, what's it going to be. I'm, I'm excited about what it's going to be, actually, you know, what it could be. Um, if, uh, it, it, that's what he said he's going to do. All right, so how much of 54 uh, or the 44 bill is he borrowing? He's borrowing, I think he put up 20 of his own, right? So isn't he borrowing half of it, like from Morgan Stanley? Hold this to back. I mean, it's Mizuho, it's BMP, it's Morgan Stanley, it's Allen and Company, it's, uh, you know, a whole bunch of banks. I think they, I think they're putting up 24 and he's putting up 20. Well, according to, uh, Jack here, Jack Dorsey, uh, it's a way of taking it back from Wall Street and having any kind of an ad model. Uh, does, do you think the people loaning the money know that it's taking it back from like the making money model into something else? Well, I, I don't know. I have to believe that you know that they have to have some sense of what. At least that's what Jack Dorsey thinks. Now, whether or not that's ultimately what what Elon Musk thinks is going to be a different is going to be a different situation, right? Because ultimately, unless Jack Dorsey goes back and takes control, um, which very well may be, there's rumors of that that he's going back, but uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's official yet, right? But I, I would be, uh, I would be, 
cautious to to say that that's what it's going to go to. Well, how much? Uh, of, I, I think there's you know there's got to be a business plan well, in there. Off the top of your head, how much of the Twitter stack does Jack still own? It's got to be a big day for you know, him. If I was sitting in front of my Bloomberg, I could tell you, but I'm not sitting in front of my Bloomberg, so I can't look it up. Well, there you go. I'm not, I don't know what he still owns. This is a this is bizarre world, Kenny. This is a yeah. There, there's there's a chance that if we actually do go into some kind of a big uh, swoon in the market, that people will say this was the top, and it'll be written about for the next two 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 hundred years. Well, listen, I, I I'm not necessarily so sure. I disagree with that because I, I think we are. You know, even though we're off a little bit from the highs, um, uh, this could be the top, right? This whole kind of period could be the top of the market. It's been building, 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 and now it's. You know, it's starting to come unraveled, which I think is very funny because yesterday when stocks started out week after Friday's drubbing, they started out week and then turned positive because, you know, yield fell and people are talking about, well, maybe the Fed's not going to move so fast. That's baloney. That's baloney. The Fed's been not only getting more aggressive in the last couple of months, but they make sure that every single Fed member is out there. Lowell Brainer, who went from dove to hawk, was the biggest shock of all, who's suddenly talking about the need to become more aggressive. That was only, what, three weeks ago? Suddenly yesterday? Oh, no, 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 don't worry. The Fed's not going to move so fast. That's why stocks selling. It's baloney. Stocks rallied in a boomerang kind of oversold short-term position. Rates are still going higher. You and I both know that. They have to. Inflation is not coming down. It's only going to get worse with the CPI number next month after last week's PPI number that showed 11.2%, well beyond the 106 they were expecting. So this idea yesterday that they go, oh, no, you know, rates came in, so therefore the Fed's not going to move so aggressively, I think it's baloney. How do you, how can you, how can you tell, Ken, okay, this is the Fed, I don't know why I should be doing this to, to obviously brilliant men, but I feel like these guys are on the playground. I mean, at some point, you and I are, are hurling insults, we're really going to kick your team's ass. No, we're really going to kick your, we're really, really, at some point we've got to strap on the spikes and go play, don't we? I mean, it, absolutely, and it does feel it does feel a little bit like that, right? This back and forth. How about just coming out and saying, "Listen, we need to go. This is what we need to do." Period. The end. Everyone stops speculating. Everybody, this is where we're going with rates. And 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 for the most part, I do think that that's the message they were sending. I think it's Wall Street because look, the Fed's in a dark period right now, right? Because of the meeting this week, there is no talking from the Fed. Thank God. So it's all Thank the God. speculation. It's all the analysts that are out there going, "Well, maybe the Fed's not going to move so fast." I think that's baloney. What is, what is I, I think the Fed has done a good job of saying, look, we need to move faster. Every single one of them has come out and said it. Every one of them. And so, therefore, it would be hard to see. It would be hard to see them doing about faith. Because if they do it about faith now, they're going to lose all credibility. Well, they still don't want the market going down in election year. So they have, they have that. Okay. Under, you know, I don't know how they're going to do both. They may not want it to go down in an election year, but there may be no choice if rates are going to go up the way they say. What are they going to just put off the rate thing until after the election and then jam rates higher in, into 2023, I think, which is really ridiculous um, because they'll just cause much more pain. But oh, look, yeah. the market's going to do what it's going to do. Investors are not stupid um, to what's going around them in terms of inflation, in terms of what needs to happen, in terms of what the story is going to be, and so they're preparing themselves. Look, you can see it happening all over the market. Look at the NASDAQ. Look at the names within the NASDAQ. Some of those names are down 50 60%. The NASDAQ's down, you know, 17% year-to-date. It's down 22% as of the, from the November high, so it's in a bear market at the moment. Um, well, and the S&P and Dow are getting closer, right? Um, you know, it, it all depends on what chessboard you're on, Kenny. Uh, well, agreed. I mean, I mean, I, I'm as you know, I'm with you. But I, I talk to 
potential clients more than you know clients and you know people that are constantly calling up wanting to know if we want to do business that kind of thing. Okay, they have no clue of what you just said. They are they are they are genuflecting to the altar of Apple and Tesla. They are absolutely convinced for after fifteen years of this that it's all BS. You, whenever it goes down, you buy more and then you just hang on. I mean, there's no the, the thought that we could actually have a thirty or forty percent correction that lasts a decade, like you and I have seen a couple times, it isn't even on the even isn't even on their radar. Listen, you and I have seen it. Jay, uh, Jay Powell was 39 years old in 1980, so he saw it. Danny Yellen was 36 years old. She saw it. Joe Biden was 40 years old. He saw it. I'm going to say so Joe, there are plenty of people that still that, that saw it and lived it, understand it. I'm going to say Joe right? Biden missed it. Well, 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 okay, we can debate that all we want. The fact is, he was only 40 when it happened. So whether he whether he missed it or not, the whole other conversation. We well, came but, out with last week. Did he really say? I'm, I'm not a I'm not a Biden basher. Did he really say that 70% of the inflation is because of the war? This started yes. 15 years before the war. Yeah, okay, that's what he said. And I don't understand how his economic team can even let him say that, because honestly, we all understand that some of it is definitely part of the war. I agree with that. I'm not saying that none of it's part of the war, right. but it didn't start with the war. It started well, but started way back in 2021. In April of 2021 is when you started to see... PPI and CPI start to move. By June of last year, PPI was already at 6%. That's well ahead of the, 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 the war. Well ahead of the war. Kenny, if I was going to put a starting date on it, I would say it was the day we invaded Iraq and decided to not raise taxes and just print money to do it. Right. I think you well, could that take was it, a long time. I think, you could take, long, long time. I think you could take it all the way back to there, to where your growth in the money supply since then has been higher than the than the growth in the economy and it's been creeping. And for fifteen yeah. years it was pretty much it was pretty much locked in on health care and on tuition and other a few other things that nobody pays attention to. And then right. as soon as it spilled over into the other stuff is whenever we took notice. But yeah, if you it's look, an interesting you know it's an interesting argument. I had I have to think about that a little bit because you do make an interesting point about how we did that, right? Um I did a, a quick study here and I don't want to bore you Maybe I already have, but uh, I went back to 2000, and if you this is I did this maybe a year ago, Kenny. It was before COVID, so two years ago, and uh, yeah. I went through and I said, okay, the the, the CPI has this up 0.58 percent uh, from uh, not 0.58, uh, 58 percent since 2000, and basically across the board. And I did a study on uh, uh, how much firms pay for health insurance. I mean, there's no way you're gonna find price on appendectomies and stuff, but I, how much firms paid for health insurance, it was up 285%. And, yeah. and the uh, the uh, higher education was up 285%. The same number, Kenny. And I actually went, I only had Illinois to deal with, and I made the assumption that primary education uh, was in your property taxes. So I looked at yeah. Illinois property taxes. Now other states do it differently, so it's just a, this is a sloppy number. Same number, 285. So there's three things that if together were like 11% of the basket that were up three times in 20 years, even though the CPI was up uh, 58 instead of 285. Right. So it's been there. It just hasn't been anywhere that people notice. Right, including apparently including the administration's administrations, remember that's yeah. the plural, not just the current, uh, have seen, right? If you went back to 2000, maybe even further, but I went back to 2000, and put... 
the uh, the piece of the CPI uh, that is health care at 20% instead of 6%, you would have had inflation every single year since 2000. If you right. Made, that one right. Because it's 20% of the economy and it's 6% of the CPI. Right. But they remember, we went through all those years where they couldn't get inflation past 1%, 1.2%. Remember, and then it was all about, well, once you get to 2%, that's our target. Well, it blew right through 2%, and now it's 11%, well, that's which an, is why, you know, the idea that the Fed's going to slow down is comical to me. Well, but if you keep the, th- the single biggest gorilla in the room is health care, if you don't count it, you, th- that's their 1%. But if you counted it, it was never 1%. Well, agree. Agree. But now, are they counting it when inflation is running at 10%? Are they counting health care? Are they still no, it's, it's it's like If they're not counting it and you add it in, it's like inflation seven, is well above 10%. It's like 7%. And if you go back the last year, Kenny, they still have in the CPI your rent and your, your cost of home ownership up like 4%, and it's been up, what, 15 So if they made that adjustment tomorrow, we'd be like at 20 Right. So they're still they're still lying and cheating. It's now it just slipped to a different spot, right? But but they might still be lying and cheating. But you can't you can't sit here and tell me that they don't really know that. So that the idea that the Fed is going to slow down by some of these people, yes, they go, oh, you know, the break yields came in, so the Fed's going to slow down is is beyond me. Kenny, Wake up, open your eyes, and look at what's going on all around you. Well, if they really know it, how do they come out and tell us something different every day? Is that their job to lie to the people that pay them? Well, but listen, notice yesterday, it wasn't the Fed that came out and made those comments. Yesterday, it was the street analysts and economists and all that stuff. The Fed did a quiet mode, right? But yes, I agree. There is one, when the Fed talks, there seems to be confusion amongst them all until they realize that, you know, they're way behind the eight ball. And then the whole, all of them, all of them jumped the fence and came oh, yeah. to the other side. And then all of them were singing the same song. Well, Kenny, take care of yourself, buddy. Nice talking to you, talking to you next week. SP Futures yep. down 14, NASDAQ Futures down 49. Be right back. Professor Hal Snar. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, 
Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bank Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Aliani on the board. SP Futures down 14.50. NASDAQ Futures down 49. We have the professor, Professor Hal Snar, on the air. Uh, interesting article you sent me. By the way, Hal, just when you think the world is becoming a better place, um, you just tried to call into Stocks and Jacks and you got a busy signal? Yeah. It's been, <laughs> it's been six weeks that AT&T, AT&T has been trying to get our hunt group together. They they put well, some. Are they? Yeah, <laughs> and yes. Oh no, you get a little. You weren't here yesterday. They gave us the all clear that it was all fixed. Oh no no. And today, obviously, <laughs> this has been six weeks. Well, it kind of sounds like the technology in my classroom. Yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> when it, I walk in there, and access is installed. The next day, it's not, and they keep telling me it's installed. <laughs> here, here I, I, I know. I know to these people from AT and T, I sound like an absolute uh, luddite ass, basically. We have a, a a copper line that when whenever there's a the for lack of any maybe maybe somebody finds this interesting maybe not when you put a, a radio thing together or any kind of a system for a radio uh, your biggest piece of software is what is it Anthem Eliani is that the name of it yeah uh, every every radio station has Anthem that's where you can save all your commercials all your stuff all your your one liners everything is all done on Anthem but the problem with Anthem is it's an older system. And anybody can hack into it, so you can't have mm-hmm. the thing anywhere near an internet, right? So, plus yeah. we have a we have a securities firm here, and I don't want anything touching any anything in the securities firm, right? Yeah. So I get a, a regular copper line, ISDN that only goes to the to the Stacks and Jacks computer, and and the thing has never been down. Now, AT and T has the whole rest of the office here with some big system we've got for PTI. It's been down several times. And our saving grace is we can take the the copper line, plug it into the big network, and have a backup. So now they want for now a year. They've been all over me. And this is what this is where our government gets involved in this stuff. Oh, here we go. They they they, <laughs> they want uh, they want to get rid of the copper lines. Well, the only thing that's worked perfectly since day one in this building has been that line. And so I keep saying I don't want it moved. Oh no, we're going to give you a fiber optic line. But get a load of this, Carl. Jeez. Uh, Hal, I'm going brain dead with the names. Uh, the, uh, we both got no sleep. I know. That's why I. A, uh, so, not, <laughs> not together, but we got no, no sleep separately. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. No sleep to Brooklyn? Yeah. You need Jesus, Tom. You need <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I need something. Uh, anyway, so, so get a load of this, Hal. They go, we're trying to save you money. And I go, how, how is that working exactly? Well, the price of copper is going up. So your $60 a month or 70 is going to 90 so if you go over to fiber optic, we can keep you at 60. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I, I didn't take logic yesterday, but I took it a while ago. You're telling me that you're going to save me money because you're going to raise my rate, and if I do something you want me to do, you're not going to raise it. Well, yeah. And I said, well, not under any anybody other than the moron's definition, that's not saving me money. I mean, this is the world we're in. Well, what can I tell you? What you do is uh, go with its fiber optic and then sell the copper. <laughs> well, I'm, what I'm saying is that the cop- a copper lines are idiot-proof. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you if you go to a, I don't know if you're, I've, 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 had, I've had you in the series, cat. if you go to a place and you give them a credit card, the guy walks up to the little thing that's hooked into the copper line, and, and that's where they run your credit card, and you get that really old little piece of paper coming out, the thing's idiot-proof. You don't need a system, you don't need anything to protect it. As soon as yeah. you take somebody's credit card into a computer, you need procedures, you need a company that you have to pay to make sure that you're not getting hacked. Yeah. So we're we're getting rid of all this stuff that we know works for this other area where we have to pay people to make it work. It's a, it's the world we're in. What can I tell you? Yeah. Um, well, uh, my uh, my world right now is grading, grading, and grading. The final this is finals week, and uh, mm, we there's a lot in the tunnel. And come Monday, I'm going to be liberated from the classroom for the entire summer. So I'm I'm, I'm looking you. forward to the. Are you, are you uh, in line to keep to teach that pornography class? You, you, you showed me. Huh. Oh no, I'm not. I'm, well, you know, I'm a libertarian, so um, if consenting adults, and you know, if you're an 18 year old kid, and the government can force you to join the military to to go fight some war that it deems necessary, and you're a consenting adult, and the teachers are a consenting adult, and they voluntarily voluntarily uh, agree to engage in these exchanges of ideas and images and that's their business personally I'm not going to take such a class <laughs> and I hope I hope my college would defend me if I you know decide to write a uh, a course offer it in the May term that uh, critiques COVID pandemic oh yeah policy I don't right? I'm so sure that uh, the school wants you doing that just yet give yourself about a decade <laughs> Hey, you know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe a conservative colleague wants to do a class on uh, the Trump administration, all right? I would okay. support that. Okay. I'd tell my students all the time, if you're a Trump voter, that's great. If you're a Hillary voter, that's great. If you're a Biden voter, that's great. I'm not, but you can vote for whoever you want, and I support that. There so is a, uh, I'd be okay with a colleague creating a Trump class, because Trump is as American as apple pie, too, right? I, would, I was Regarding the, uh, the pornography, I'm not all interested in, like, you know, watching it or critiquing it, like, but, like, the class seemed to that, be... That, to me, that's kind of creepy on a personal level. Right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But, but me, right? Yeah. But I, to I, me, that's I, weird. I will yeah. say this. I'll, I would bet, I don't know if you'd do it, I would bet that somehow or another on the History Channel, and I don't know where the hell it went, but they had a thing, and I just was clipping through the TV on some rainy day, and they had a thing, it was the, it was the history of, uh, well, I don't know if it was pornography or what it was, but it was it was that whole industry. The, yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it is an absolute lesson in economics. Because no matter what it is, I mean, you, I, mean you, I think you agree with me, Hal, you can do, whether it's a street gang, whatever it is, the economic principles, if they're going to be successful, fall into place. But the yeah. funny part about, the nice, nice part, I mean, the most revealing part about the history of pornography is they kept having to deal with, with federal, now, maybe the rules were correct or whatever, they kept having to deal with rules regarding pornography and, and being deflected by, you know, the law. And the, the classical case was, and I'll tell you this because you're in Utah, 
was in Utah. Because at some point, the Supreme Court somehow came up with a ruling, how they did it, said it, it, it falls back to community standards. Now, now, what the hell are community standards? <laughs> One man's yeah. community is... Yeah. It's just good to the community standards in Draper, Utah. Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah. funny you should mention that. Because somebody opens up, and there's none around anymore. It used to be adult bookstores, right? And, and Because yeah. now everything everything's on the web, if anything you want. Well, somebody puts a, a, an adult bookstore in Provo, Utah, which is uh, you know basically the, the bastion of Mormonism, correct? And, yeah. and they have they have your your obligatory heavy set lady <laughs> DA comes down on these guys like a ton of bricks instantly with this ton, with, so they they've got the attorney on there for the for the porn you know the, the adult store the porn store and he goes I'm getting my ass in this in this uh, case and this lady's all on me and here's the here's our community and this is what we teach and blah blah blah. So he, there's a break in the in the trial. He looks out the window and he sees like a Marriott or one of those places. And he goes, "I wonder." He happens to have a buddy, whether it was Marriott, wherever the hotel was, and he calls up and he finds out that people in their hotel rooms, like twenty percent of the people, uh, you know, whatever, rent a porn channel when they're there. Well, in that particular yeah. hotel in Provo, the number is like seventy. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so, so he he gets the people the, live in Utah. Rent a motel. Yeah, or go to the Marriott and, and, and do the port. So he he immediately <laughs> takes this into the court and says, "I'll go with the community standard stuff." Here's your community, and he wins. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that's a good legal argument, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you want to do. But I, you know, Turn I out the inconsistencies. Well, how he ever? Right? Yeah, how he ever proved that it was. Was people from Utah in there or not? I have no idea, but he ended up winning the case. And let's say the lady was pissed. But uh, anyhow, what what is what do you, when your people? I have to believe you can barely even start class now without your guys having all kinds of questions. Well, actually, it was pretty easy to start. I mean, it's one class out of like hundreds. No, no, no I'm talking about your stuff. I'm talking about the economic stuff. How do you even? I know uh, Russell oh. tells me now every week he comes in. He says. I mean, I, I can't get through. They can't. They want me to get through class as fast as I can, so we can talk about what's going on in the world with the last twenty minutes. People are just astounded with all the Fed, the wars, and how this affects everything else. Well, what I do is I usually weave that stuff into my classes. Okay. I use uh, I will I use current events to teach economic lessons. I use history, current events to to make it interesting to the students. I don't I don't talk about widgets and whatnot. We we always we always make it real with. Critical uh, current events or historical events. Well, what do you find? The that's most how you got to teach economics. I think. I, what do you think? What is the most interesting pieces? If you were to pick out two or three things right now that are that are are designed to teach people about economics. What would be your top two or three? Is it the war? Is it the money supply? Is it the Fed? What 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 is it? Well, there's a lot right now because you have Shanghai, which is locked down. You have, I think, the supply chain issues off China's coast are probably worse than what they were off LA's coast, right? So you have these supply chain issues. Then on top of that, you have this, right now in my econ class, we're talking about money and banking, you know, inflation, recession, expansion. So it's just ripe right now. Well, um, okay. I actually wrote these, I, I, oh yeah, we'll go ahead. I was going to say, uh, educate me here. We I, I know the, yeah. I know Ed, Shanghai supposedly shut down, but Shanghai, Again, correct me. 
Shanghai is their biggest port, correct? Is it shut down, or is that at least open? Well, they, they, uh, they have everybody in a lockdown. There's videos escaping China showing how people are singing in the hunger out their windows because they're locked into their apartments. It's really, really bad. But the, so the they port, people are locked into their they're, they're locked in their apartments. So the, the port's a ghost town. Yeah, I mean, if, I was looking at a uh, 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 picture of the, the port system animated, and they just have all of these shipping container uh, uh, boats just parked offshore, and they're just kind of like circling out there. And Good they're Lord. looking at uh, te- you know going to testing. Uh, people in Beijing, and so I think the next two that's going to be locked down is Beijing. But yeah, they literally have people locked into their apartments in Shanghai. How, how does how does the, the the new strain of COVID any worse than people not eating and committing suicide? It was, it's just not that bad. Well, COVID always was, you know, something that was horrible for people who were older and had comorbidities. There was never really more than a flu for young people. Right. If you look at the, yeah. the, the CDC doesn't release this data, but I think they used to. If you look at the risk to children and healthy young people, you know, I think in UK and Germany, they record almost zero deaths in those age groups if the children have, are healthy. Right. So this, to me, has never been about uh, spreading a deadly virus. It's always been about, to me, Conforming people to uh, the narrative that the government wants to push. It's about conformity and control, and that's what I believe it to be. Well, like, they, 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 they they had... what did the what did the New York governor do? Yeah, I, well, he didn't quarant- quarantine older people. He put COVID positive patients in these homes, these uh, retirement homes, these other care homes. Right? That's not quarantining the elderly. They're at risk. That's putting them at risk. And then he locks children down. They yeah. can't go to school for two years. It's just ridiculous to me. Well, the the uh, the devastation in the nursing homes has never really been uh, forthcoming, shall we say. At one point, yeah. I think seventy to seventy-five percent of the deaths in Ohio were in nursing homes, and the yeah. the the ability of of we have a, a friend of the show uh, that's a outfit that's in a, they're a group of people that are in these, they're involved in nursing homes. And they had one nursing home where somebody who, I don't know whether where his, his real job was in the hospital or real job in nursing home. Anyway, he worked both places. And the guy comes from the hospital where I guess there was a lot of COVID and he didn't even change his outfit. He comes right with his scrubs, serves wow. dinners to everybody in the, in the nursing home. He infected 42 people in one night. Oh. Uh, and a lot of them died. So yeah. the, the thing we really needed to do, in retrospect, was to was to really lock down the nursing homes until there was a vaccine, and we didn't do it. Yeah, uh, there were pe- people. Yeah, this new this new strain, the Omicron. I've heard, I've read, and listened to, you know, people outside, medical professionals outside of you know the government's narrative, the media's narrative, and they're saying, you know, it's kind of mild. You know, you're still going to get sick from it. But if nature invented a vaccine, you'd want to bottle Omicron as a vaccine. Because what viruses do over time, apparently from my reading, not, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an epidemiologist or virologist, but I've read a lot of articles on it. But viruses want to live and they mutate. 
and they tend to mutate in in ways where they become more uh, likely to spread, but they become less lethal. And I think that's what Omicron is, from what I can tell. And I think I had COVID during January. It didn't feel good. I think I was under the weather for um, a week or two, um, but it was like sore muscles and coughing uh, occasionally. So uh, the amount of people here that the amount of people here that have gotten it in the last well, I think pretty much everybody in this area everybody's pretty much over it. But uh, December, January, everybody who was in the house for two years got the new. The new I mean, it was when I say yeah, everybody, I think everybody. But you know what? It, it blew through here. But now it's they're not even they're not even asking you to go get tested. They're just saying as long as you right. don't go to the hospital, it's okay. You know, it's like a cold. But you know what's going on in Florida? They they're testing a sewer in Florida back, I think, in the in a some winter month. And they were testing sewer for the COVID virus because you know you you poop, you pee virus, right? You breathe out virus. So they were testing the the sewer system in Florida and they were saying hundred percent of the virus in Florida was Omicron. And there was a massive there was a massive outbreak of hospitalization or death in Florida. It was just it went through the population, right? And now all those people in Florida have natural immunity, but the CDC doesn't recognize natural immunity. No, they don't. That's even crazier, right? Plus, plus they want you to go get, they want you to get vaccines like the, the day after you have it, which is really, I, I'm not a... Well, I think, a, I think doing the two, having natural immunity and the vaccine, I think there's a danger to that. Uh, if you, the timing's wrong, yeah. Yeah. I think if you... Well, you already have the immunity, I think, I think, you know, I, I, I don't, believe this is about public health. I think this is about conformity. They want people, they want to know who will conform. I, I think that's all that. it's about, conformity and control. Well, it's it, but it also isn't like uh, the measles, where if you get it once, you never get it again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a vaccine, what, what did a vaccine mean in the past? It meant it stopped the spread. The vaccines don't stop the spread. Well, this is more like a flu shot. It's, good. it's more like yeah. a flu shot. Than it is yeah. a vaccine. Well, if you listen to the Baylor CEO in an overseas uh, healthcare conference, he was like, he called it gene editing technology, right? The mRNA vaccine. Yeah, mRNA. Gene editing. Well, that's the, uh, yeah, yeah that, and that's and that's a uh, that's a danger. Yeah, we don't know the long run effects of this thing, right? Uh, and, and from what I've read, from what I read, natural immunity is more the best. In all of respects, because the the vaccines that were developed were designed to to uh, create immunity for that very first strain of COVID, right? Well, you know, this is the weird weird part. Alan. I'm I'm I agree, I'm kind of going along with you and agreeing with you because yeah. we've had we've had to dig this own information. The thing we're we're totally agreeing on here is we've had to dig the information out ourselves. We never got the straight yeah. story because I yeah. uh, fortunately I have a lot of listeners uh, that. Not only listen, obviously, but they they helped me out with this stuff, and we have some a few people in Europe, believe it or not, and and they yeah. were sending me all these tests from over in Europe, and every, every study that I've read now again, I'm sure there's some here that I haven't read uh, that seems to be more scientific rather than just having an agenda has come from overseas. Here, every single study seems like it was sponsored by you know an airline or sponsored by Pfizer or sponsored by somebody where. Here's the answer. Come up with it, type of thing. Yeah. And uh, when this all started, nobody knew how long your natural antibodies were going to last. <clears throat> I kept yeah. getting. I haven't got it in a while. Uh, thing from Britain, <clears throat> where they actually 
kept tabs on people who had it early on themselves, and they kept checking their antibodies. And if they thought, okay, the last, uh, you know, the last four months, then you need a vaccine. Uh, the last six months. Well, the last one I got after a year, it was blinking pretty good. They were still, they were still there, and it, they were, they didn't go downhill anywhere near as fast as people thought they would. Your natural ones, your natural mm-hmm. immunity. So, yeah, I mean, the only way you're going to find out, I mean, I, I, I honestly believe that it's someday, 10 years from now, the fact that I had it early, you know, it's not going to do me any good, you know, or maybe a little bit of good, but not very much. And it's somewhere along the line, would I need a flu shot for it again, or whatever you want to call them? I, I know that to be true. But the only way you're going to find out how long it's going to last is to, is to study it and keep track. And after six yeah. months in, in one country where they're saying your natural immunities are okay, some other country like us saying, oh, God, no, they're useless, you get a shot the next day, that's not right, Al. I mean, one of the two of them is right. And, it, and you know, they... they, they, they about there was you, a study about the SARS-CoV-1 virus, and they were, this they were saying that I think uh, immunity last, was lasting 15 years for SARS-CoV-1. Yeah, I mean, but I, you don't know that until so, 15 years pass. Yeah. But, the, but I know we sneakily, without ever admitting anything here, we sneakily, uh, sneakily snuck this in. How's that for a, so you'd give me an F on that in a paper, but, uh. And we, we still have kinds of things that I do all the time. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, over in, over in Britain, they didn't have enough vaccine to give everybody, remember the original story was you're supposed to give every two weeks, or the second shot yeah. after two weeks? They, uh, they gave everybody in nursing home one shot. And they didn't have enough vaccines for the rest of the people. So they ended up giving them the second shot like 12 weeks later in some areas. And, and of course, you know, again, this is stuff that they published and tested. They said the people who got it 12 weeks later versus two weeks later, um, were, their antibodies were, were incredibly stronger than those who got it only two weeks apart. So without of course, a, but the recommendation yeah. is every two weeks, right? Yeah. So, so, but but in the meantime, product, right? But in the meantime, without ever, without ever telling us, because maybe it's the news here or whatever that, that gets all over somebody who makes a change. But whatever, our people must have been reading this or doing the same thing. Because when I went to get when I went to get my shot, and we go to the Walgreens, I got the Moderna, and I didn't really. I thought they said two weeks, and I just but that's that's all I was hearing on the news. So I go back; it was like yeah. three weeks. And I go, and they said, well, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm a week late. And she says, no, you're not. You're five weeks early. We've pushed it out to eight weeks. So <laughs> so, so, without telling anybody that the two weeks was really not the best thing, they kept pushing it out. So we actually did the same thing here. We, we gave way more time between the first one and the second one. But at least we're learning, but we still don't admit it. <laughs> you know. But uh, So what do, you, what do you make of uh, um, where the... Uh, the war, the supply chain, the general, the general price level. How do you, how do you explain all that to people that shortages someplace can can cause a spike in that particular area, but it really doesn't affect the general price level as much as as the uh, uh, money money stuff that comes in. And uh, how, how do you how do you say all that to your class without confusing the hell out of them? Or well, I, I teach macro a lot differently than everybody else. I think I don't use textbooks. I uh, write these programs, these these multi-part questions that are like projects, and we build the aggregate demand, supply model, the neoclassical synthesis, based on the Keynesian aggregate expenditure model, right, the Keynesian cross. 
and we we use it to explore the neoclassical model, the Keynesian model, and then my final set of assignments is where students have to calculate how much they need to change interest rates to affect the change in investment, to affect the change in um, aggregate demand, to just precisely close an output gap. So it's pretty fascinating the way I do it. This, I do the same thing with fiscal policy. The students have to calculate how big an increase in government spending is needed to push aggregate demand out to close the recessionary gap. And they do the same thing with a tax cut. And I think the way I do it, it seems to be working very well because the students kind of get it. And when you when you drive a neoclassical model, you can say, all right, what happens when there's a supply shock? Or define the neoclassical model. What do you, what do you, which one's that out of all these different... Well, the one, the one I use is an upward sloping short average supply curve. A what? And then I, oh, well, well, I don't call it long average supply. I prefer to call it potential GDP. It's the vertical line. And so loan address supply is an upper sloping line that crosses the potential GDP line, the, the vertical line, and then aggregate demand comes down so it can equilibrate in the short run on the left side of potential GDP, but it can equilibrate on the right side of potential GDP. So you can be in a situation where you're beyond the productive capacity of the United States. Or, how, how do you, or you can be inside of it. How do you, uh, this, we only have a minute here, but... Uh, you you got you to gotta go over that again. Uh, you not only lost yeah. Eliana, you lost me. Uh, the <laughs> I, 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 do, I don't know if we ever did anything this this complex, but uh, but I, I want to uh, I definitely want you to zero in if you can. And if you've got money pouring in or out of the system, how do you how do you adjust the numbers so you know what's real? I, I think we're, we're we're bumping into a a real problem with that now. But I, I would like you to explain it since you're the professor. I don't. I don't think you can tell whether we're in a recession or not now with all the money sloshing around. The difference in nominal well, numbers. I think. And I think aggregate to the U.S. level is problematic because Utah's not in a recession, but a place like California or Florida. I mean, not Florida. New York are probably in a recession. Illinois is probably in a recession, right? Well, let's talk about it after so, break. SP futures down fifteen. Nasdaq futures down fifty-one. Be right back. Stacks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. 
I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single-family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lord, welcome back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board, and the professor is. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, he's losing me here. We're gonna we're gonna drag him back. Who's a uh, the classical model? Do you know that one? All about that one, Eliani. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, we're going to learn here. Uh, S&P futures up fifteen se- down fifteen seventy five after the big turnaround in the market yesterday and the ending up rally after we were down huge in the morning. S&P futures down fifty two. Actually, it was nice to see. We did some rolls and actually it was a great day for us. So uh, yesterday was nice. Dow futures down one forty one over in EU. We've got and these guys uh, uh, yesterday did not catch the rally at the end of the day as much as we did. So they're up today. They were down yesterday. DAX up 167, 1.2%, FTSE up 71.1%, sorry, not 0.1%, a full 1%. CAC around up 78, 1.2%. Over in Asia, uh, again, we got mixed bag here. Nikkei is bouncing back some. They were down yesterday up 109.4%. Shanghai down another 1.5%, 42 points, as mainland China continues its, its lockdown thing. Hang Seng did leak up a little bit here, up 65 points, 0.3%. Hang Shanghai was down... 5% yesterday, over 5%, and they're down to one another, one and a half today. It's almost 7% in two days. That, that, that's, that's gonna leave a mark. Uh, yesterday we ended up up on the day. Dow Jones up 238, S&P up 24, NASDAQ up 165, which is a big mover. Uh, bonds down almost six basis points now, 2.77 from almost 3% a couple days ago. Actually did crack three, I think, when Paul was speaking on, uh, the last Thursday or Friday. Uh, Bund, uh, down two basis points at 0.82. Japan down one basis point at point two four. Oil up a dollar fifteen, trying to get back to hundred bucks at ninety nine sixty nine. Rent up one nineteen, one hundred three fifty one. Uh, natural gas up thirty cents to uh, six ninety seven, almost seven bucks. We're going to ask Hal about that too, if I do not forget. Our Bob up three cents to three twenty seven. We've got gold with a minor bounce up seven bucks, back over nineteen hundred. But we we're trying to get to two thousand last week. Uh, almost made it. Nineteen oh three silver. Down five cents, twenty three sixty two. It was twenty six and a half last week. A copper up a penny to four forty six, and we've got Bitcoin up four hundred five to forty thousand five ninety eight. Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. It's cold out, and our teams suck. <laughs> 
That's uh, gloomy on gloomy. Good morning, yeah. everyone. Currently 7.35 a.m. on April 26th. Let's start with sports. Uh, looking at the NBA, uh, the Suns will be hosting the Pelicans tonight at 9 o'clock, so look forward to that game. And the Bulls will be playing Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow at 6.30, so that is a game to look forward to. Looking over to hockey, Blackhawks beat the Flyers last night 3-1. to And the Coyotes will be playing Minnesota Wild tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, looking at Chicago baseball, uh, White Sox will be hosting a game against Casey Royals tonight at 6.10. And the Cubs will be playing the, Gra- the Braves tonight at 6.20. Diamondbacks lose to Dodgers last night 0-4 with a chance for a comeback tonight at 8.40. Uh, so that's something that uh, Phoenix can look forward to as far as games go. Looking at weather in Chicago, currently sitting at 41. Very, very cloudy. We actually have a frost warning that just popped up about 20 minutes ago. So be mindful of that when you're driving. Be careful. We got a high of 50, low of 36. And Phoenix currently sunny, uh, 62 with a high of 100 and a low of 62. We got a busy morning on the roads this morning, so I'm going to get into it. All right, so we got traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 all the way to downtown approaching the 290 and 94 construction intersect. We have traffic westbound on 290 between Western and 17th with an accident at Des Plaines Avenue. Uh, we have intermittent traffic northbound on 294 between West 127th and 75th and between the 88 East Ramp and Irving Park Road. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between Lee Street and Lawrence. More traffic westbound on I-90 between Lawrence and Cumberland. Traffic eastbound on 94 between West Dempster and Canalport. Traffic westbound on I-94 between 130th and Tui. Traffic northbound on 57 between West 119th and the 94 East Ramp. Whew, all right, here we go. Traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon. Traffic southbound on 55 between South Damon and Cicero. We have traffic northbound on Lakeshore between East 31st Street and Chicago Avenue, mainly due to bridge maintenance between Wacker and Grand. And finally, traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Chicago and East McFetteridge. My God, go home. Um, a, a simple traffic clog go home would have sufficed. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't one expressway that's decent. I need to be specifically specific about uh, the hell people have to pay. That's, that's the truth. All right. <laughs> hell, uh, a r- quick question. I... Um, again, I, I kind of explained this earlier, and I, 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 uh, I've gotten to a, a new economic definition of recession. I'm looking at individual people, and I'm saying, that guy's in a recession. That lady's in a recession. Uh, when you have an inflation rate this year, let's let's call it 10% by the end of the year, by, by when, when it's all over, uh, at least, I'm going to say at least, but I'll be charitable, and I'm thinking 10% of the people have a, a 10% or over raise, by, by any definition, that puts 90% of the people in, in a recession, right? Well, I think so, yeah. But that's not what we do. When, when prices are rising as quickly, you, you have to turn out your subscriptions to Netflix and Disney. you got to maybe decide not to go to the Disney parks, right? So right. you you got to make these decisions because every day humans have to make decisions of sinking and swimming, right? If you, if, you, if you throw a stick in the water, that stick floats. If you throw a rock in the water... That stick sink or that rock sinks, right? But a human has to make these decisions every day. And right now, a human or we, the bottom ninety percent, with these prices the way they are, we're deciding to buy food, right? We don't have that disposable income to pay our Netflix subscription. So it definitely is a recession. For, I think for the bottom ninety percent, when what, inflation gets this bad. When, when somebody throws a number up there, and again, this is what. We used to fight about all the time. We were in Chicago. Uh, they just, durable goods came out. 
uh, 0.8% up versus 0.8% up. So that's easy. What is what does that even mean? Is it is it is it a 0.8 percent? All right, so we've we've got an inflation rate last month of 1.3. Now, does a, a durable goods number have that's a that's month over month, right? Month over month. Uh, the, the inflation was yeah, and the durable goods is both yeah. month over month too. So, is yeah. I don't know if is is I, I would have to ask now. Is there a, a def- deflationary uh, what do you call it, a, a deflator in there? I'm going to say probably no. So do I take that number as growth or not? Hell, I have no idea. If, 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 if it comes out a month with a 1.3% inflation, why would I even think that that's, a, that that's, a, that's growth? I don't, think it has any, I don't think it has anything to do with growth. I was looking at a chart yesterday. I was in an email discussion with a professor out east, and we were talking about what the Fed has been doing for the last 20 years. And if you look at leverage, leverage is, man, you look at what was going on in terms of leverage, margin buying back in uh, the late 1990s, and then what was going on in the housing bubble. And you look at leverage today; it makes um, previous bouts of leverage look like tiny blips. I mean, so the Fed in the last what since 2008 with interest rates near zero, real interest rates negative. There is a lot of margin buying. People are taking out loans with little down to buy these assets, whether it's real estate or stocks. And I think that's what's driving this wedge between the really, really wealthy and everybody else. Everybody else is using cheap credit to put food on the table, and these wealthy investors are using leverage to get even wealthier. Because when you can leverage a purchase, and that purchase, that, that asset goes up 10% in a year, and you can leverage it with one 10%, you can get returns of three, four, 500%. Regular people aren't doing that. Regular people are trying to put food on the table, trying to take a vacation, right? So we're, we're buying consumer goods and services, right? So that, that right there, I think the Fed in the last 15 years has really created a wedge between the wealthy investor class and pretty much everybody else. Oh, it's not even. It's not even. It's not even close. And I. And I yeah. I, yeah. I would. I would. I did a. You know, once in a while you do a you do a study, Hal, and I'm sure you do it. And when you get done and you see your conclusion, and you go, "Wait, why did I do that? All it did was ruin my day." Uh, <laughs> I mean, I. I did it. Uh, it you have a. You have. I want a, to turn on Barney. I want to turn on Barney when I realize that. Yeah, you mean. <laughs> I mean, you have, you have a uh, significant other, and you know that sometimes arguing can be somewhat fruitless. Um, yeah. I'm just saying, uh, back in 2000... I never win those arguments. Yeah, I don't remember just, anything. She remembers everything. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's just the way nothing changes there. But the... Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, in, before 2007, you know, Audrey comes on the show. Audrey's terrific, and she does... Uh, her real estate stuff, and she's spectacular at it, and really knows the people. They love her. If anybody's any one of their kids is going to buy a house, they call her. Anyway, and uh, but say people in the business have a, a different view on what's a, uh, a terrific buy versus other. You know, I mean, right now it's it's getting a house. You know, before the rates go up. Well, you know, they yeah. kind of miss that a little bit. But uh, anyway, in, in two thousand and seven, I brought up an article that said. Uh, uh, you know, here's here's the price of a, of a house, which was like two thirty five at the time. 
if somebody gave you uh, the down payment twenty percent, which of course now you can't do without like going under the you know the uh, in- interrogation of Congress about where you got the money. But say you had the, inf- oh, the money, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's yeah. And, uh, so anyway, you needed the the, the money you needed. You need eighty five grand a year to uh, to handle that house. Okay, so the only problem with eighty five grand a year is at the time that was only fifteen percent of the population. So eighty five percent of the population could not afford the median home, which is, a, you know, that that that's a that's a peril point. I mean, you and I know instantly would say, well, that means either people better start making money pretty quick, or these prices are going down, right? And it it, it sort of had nothing to do with, little bit to do with people getting you know no doc mortgages and all that crap. But the bottom line was, your population could not afford what they were buying, basically. Yeah. So now, if you take those numbers and push them to 2022, the, the same house is now the, the median price is 406, which probably means with the at the at the interest rates now they're not six and a half; they're say they're five. I'm going to say hell that the in order to handle that house, even if somebody gives you 80 grand for the down payment, you need 150 a year, and I'm going to say that's what's that eight percent of the population. Can afford yeah. the median. We're not. We're we're way worse than we were in two thousand and seven, and we swore we would never go down that road again. And we're worse. Yeah. How, how do, that's why. How do we that's do that? To talk back then, I was in my classes at A State University in Greensboro, North Carolina, talking about how this. I don't agree with uh, Bush, the Democrats in the Senate, and the House pushing this thing through, and some of the Republican senators. I was opposed to it then because all it was going to do is going to pay off all those people who make horrible decisions, create a moral hazard, and nobody would learn any tough lessons from it. So I was opposed to it then. I've been opposed to zero interest rates since 2009. And I'm looking at this chart, and it is really red in terms of the leverage, the margin buying that's being done. I mean, to me, it's a Sopranos breakout. I think the I think the vaccines are a pharmaceutical bust-out, Sopranos bust-out, because they are immune from liability if their products cause harm. And then you have this breakout on Wall Street. These are Sopranos bust-outs. The people doing this don't expect us to be around in 50 years, I think. They're busting it out, man. Yeah, it's a, there's definitely there, there's some theme to it, right? I can't put my my finger on the theme though. I mean, I can't. I don't. I can't figure. I think out. it's just mobsterism. I think it's just the Sopranos are busting out that that uh, sporting goods store in Jersey, man. Well, clearly there are winners and losers. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to say you you are a a modern professor, and uh, when I was in school, people were not so modern. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we were we were Luddites. What can I say? But the I don't know if I mentioned this last time you ran, and but if you if you listen to you know, Milton Friedman talking about a guy that got nothing but questions in class outside of the. Well, he was he was teaching uh, the theory of price with nothing but calculus and graphs. You can only imagine how much we wanted him to knock him off that topic, Hell, I mean, don't, don't, nobody want to talk about that crap. I got the book. I'll show you the book someday. You sit there, go, why would anybody even study this? <laughs> well, what is this thing? Anyway, but the uh, it wasn't even a book. It was a manuscript. He never finished it. Anyway, uh, but in his view, all these people were, were, were really good people. They just didn't read the right book or, or didn't, 
understand monetarist theory like he did, and if they just would have, you know, seen the right way, they would have done it. There was never any hint of, uh, you know, Jay Powell's doing this because some people want him to do it because they're the winners and other people are the losers. And I tell you, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because of my South Side uh, background. I, I see the same winners and the same losers every time these guys get off the, the, the straight and narrow, and I'm thinking it's all done on purpose. I'm, I don't, I mean, they, they yeah. want this group to win and another group to lose, whoever the days are. I, I don't buy the, they just don't know the, you can't tell me that, that Jerome Powell doesn't yeah. know way more about this than I do. And he's, and he doesn't, I mean, I think he cares, but he's, he must think that if he wasn't there, it would even be worse or something. But if there's, well, I think, I think my, it might have to do something with group thing too. I mean, when you get way too much, way too many people thinking the exact same way, it's easy for those Buffalo to go over that, that cliff together, right? So I think, I think a lot of it has to do with group thinking. That's why I like this Elon Musk move because there was a, you were talking about this yesterday in an email. You know, there's a monopoly of thought in Silicon Valley on college campuses, in government, bureaucracies. There's a, there's a monopoly of thought. And if you don't agree with that, Monopoly of thought, you get canceled, right? So if you're a, a professor, an average economics professor at a small liberal arts college, you got to be careful what you say, right? Oh yeah. So what what Elon Musk has done, he's told the monopoly enough, and so Facebook is going to have to alter its algorithms when Elon Musk reveals his. He's going to he's going to make the algorithms transparent, apparently, so people will know exactly what the algorithm does. He's going to make that all transparent. In the past, it's been hidden. That's one of the reasons I got Twitter because I was building my Twitter following, but then when I started questioning the, this, this narrative by providing research papers that have been published in 2005 about viruses and immunology and uh, the effectiveness of masks, I got dialed down. I was getting nobody looking at my stuff. So I was like, you, you want to dial me down? I fire you. So I left Twitter and I left Facebook because I was tired of it, right? So I think... Monopolies work, state monopolies work in the short run, and we, we think they work, you know, over the long run because we live in the short run. But over the long run, markets will tend to work. They'll break these state monopolies apart, and they do it through black markets and gray markets. The black market is just the market system trying to get around all the rules, subsidies, regulations, and laws, and tariffs that government puts in place to create monopoly positions for their favorite companies. So markets work over the long run. They will work. And I think you're seeing that with the best up of big tech. You see the, the, the stock prices of all these big tech firms, right? They're all down this morning while Twitter's up. So I think that's people are relieved that this monopoly of thought might be coming to an end. I, uh, you and I could spend many hours arguing about that because I gotta, I'm not gonna say, if what you say is true, you, you remind me a little bit about Milton Friedman. I don't, I don't want Elon Musk, I don't, I don't want censorship anywhere. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want is him being my censor. The guy, yeah. the guy. Well, I, don't need, I don't want him either, but you only need one competitor to break a monopoly, right? Well, that's well, my one, point. One thing about, one thing about the public school system, there's not a poor, poor, the inner city, Kids don't have good educational outcomes because there's no viable choice. They have to go to the government monopoly school. Where out in the rich neighborhoods, there are private schools, and rich people can afford those private schools. And that competition is what makes those schools in those well-to-do neighborhoods 
better because they have to be good to keep students in the seats. In the inner cities, if they had one competitor, they had a few viable competitors in a market system, the inner city public schools would be better. Well, right? I, uh, no, I, don't, I don't disagree, but... So I, don't, I don't trust Elon Musk. I don't. But I like the fact that he's going to... He's going to... Uh, uh, he's, he's counter to the monopoly narrative of the other Silicon Valley tech companies. I, I don't disagree with that, except I don't like the fact that, that he... He he's he's a brilliant man. I'll give that from. He's o- he's only Elon Musk because of the trillions of dollars we've given him in carbon credits. Oh, that, that's that's the, that's the ironic thing, man. That's the ironic thing. Everybody loved him when he they thought he was on his side, but now that he's he did not be on their side, they hate him. But they gave him all kinds of subsidies, and those subsidies are one of the reasons why he is a billionaire. Uh, right? well, it's the only reason they didn't make any money the last yeah. July, <laughs> right? Well, here's an interesting thing, Tom. I was doing this with my econ students. With supply chains being vertical at the, the capacity of the factory, the entire subsidy goes to the company. All the subsidy, if you get a subsidy for electric vehicle with the way the supply is right now and companies at capacity, right? They're at capacity, so supply curves are kinked and vertical right now. The entire subsidy accrues, even the one you get in the tax credit, it all accrues to the Owners of the car companies. Yeah, why? Why any piece of that? Why? why, why if, if if I go out and buy an electric car, which I have no intention of doing anytime soon, if I go out and buy an electric car. If there is, you know, a goodness to it, why don't I get the grand? Why does he get the grand? And why does he get it from Ford? Why does he get? It? I mean, well, I, even, I, even if you get the even if you get the subsidy in your tax return, all of that subsidy accrues to the company selling you the the car because the supply curve is vertical because right now all these uh, car companies are having difficulty acquiring chips and whatnot, right? So the, right now the supply chains are vertical. It doesn't matter who is paid the subsidy. When the car companies pay the subsidy or the consumers pay the subsidy to the tax credit, it all accrues to the sellers of these cars. So if, if Biden comes out and says, we're going we're gonna to give you a subsidy equal to an electric vehicle, Guess what's going to happen? Yeah, but, you can't double the price yeah, of that not, car. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's vertical. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not a subsidy. It's a check from Ford or GM. Well, the, when you when you buy if you buy this new F one fifty Ford, I think you get a tax credit. No, I'm, I'm talking about tax credit, right? He, he sells carbon credits to the other automakers. Yeah. yeah. Which makes it even worse because to be yeah. so Ford in an attempt to quote catch up in the electronic world. Uh, is is two hundred million dollars short because they're writing him a check? Yeah. But I, but I, I guess where I'm heading with this is I, don't, when you have, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you, but kind of in a in a, in a different way, Carl. Carl, yeah. why do I keep calling you Carl? Because Carl, because Carl talks a lot like you. That's why. Hey, uh, remember that live beer commercial from the 1980s? You can call me Cal, or you uh, can call me Hal. <laughs> yeah, well, you got yeah. <laughs> But the, uh, the 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 point being is that you have. Uh, in Chicago, we used to have four newspapers. Okay, and uh, and, if, and if one of them did something wrong in the morning, the two in the afternoon love giving them crap about it, right? Saying this was yeah. an well, if, if 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 Hal would have gotten a hair up his behind and had some big thing in Chicago, and and you bought the Chicago Today or the Chicago American, one of the four, I, I guess I don't really have a problem with it. But if but if we're down to one, the Tribune and the Tribune writes a couple of editorials against. 
Hal Snar's auto company on you know, Torrance Avenue, and, and, and Hal Snar says, screw these guys, I'm buying the Tribune, so nobody ever says anything bad about me again. I guess I got a real problem with that, because the, the, the Tribune has a responsibility other than to the shareholders. Now, I don't know if, if Twitter does as well, but if there were four or five Twitters, I, would, I wouldn't care, but there's only one. Now, is there only one because, well, you know... I think there's, there's multiple Twitters. I mean, I, I think... You have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have Instagram, you have uh, Snapchat. So there's there's choices, but for the most part, if you are a libertarian or a conservative, and you're you're questioning the uh, narrative of the state, you get shadow banned. Okay, you but I, I, I get it. But right? I said the same argument with a dude I gave a ride home to last night. There's all these other places. Hell, they're 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 useless. I mean, the president tweets, the senators tweet, ball players tweet. If, if you say something bad to yeah. me on Twitter, I can't, I can't tweet back at you on Instagram and make any kind of near the splash that I would on Twitter. Yeah, Man, that's true. You yeah. mean they're, I mean they're, they're your quote competitors, like like I'm a competitor to Goldman Sachs, right? Well, think about this though, Tom. What is what is he proposing? Well, we can verify all humans right now. I'm a professor of economics. Twitter wouldn't verify me. They tell me they're not going to verify oh, me, I, right? I, I don't disagree. If I, mean, I, if, I think every human should be verified, and that will identify what are the bots and what are the humans, well, that, and I think that will clean up the discourse on Twitter. Why well, don't... This is what... These are the questions regarding Twitter that this... Yeah. I was going to say this bozo. This guy buying them uh, don't solve. I mean, what what exactly is Twitter? I mean... The, what obligation do they have? If you write a letter to the editor of the Tribune, they don't have to publish it. There, there's no yeah. obligation for them to publish it. So, I mean, what? What? It, I mean, the the, the biggest well, question. Twitter's going to publish it, but it acts as a publisher. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's content, right? We, before, it acts like a publisher, but it has protection against. Well, but before that, before right? we even have any of the other discussions about who gets to be the censor over there, is mm-hmm. what are they? <laughs> are are they a newspaper? Do they have to? If you say, you know. Screw the president. Do, do, do they have to print it or not? Or is that a censorship? And by the way, if it is a censor, who's censoring it? Is it? Are they censoring for the left or for the right? I mean, what you? you, you know, I honestly, I, I don't think you need a censor. I think people, people being themselves, people being verified, knowing this person is uh, an actual human being. I always treat, uh, I always treat or comment articles as me. And because I do that, I have a job. I moderate. I filter what I'm going to say. I don't. I try not to say things irresponsibly. So when I tweet or comment on articles in the comment section, I'm I'm doing it as Kyle professor of economics at Westminster. And that that right there uh, tempers my. Uh, it, it creates. It, it forces me to think about what I'm writing. I don't right? disagree. It holds me accountable. We have these bots. They're run by people. Those bots are unaccountable. When you have people hiding behind an avatar, right? You don't know who they really are, right? They could be the CEO. They could be Senator Mitt Romney, right? Oh, I agree. Mitt Romney had an account, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. It, so, but if you if you write to the Trib, they can't just say, uh, "Oh, it, yeah. it, it's from this guy Hal Snar." Telling somebody to go bomb the White House, it's still their print, it's their paper, it's their distribution. Yeah. They can't say they they have nothing to do with it. But but these social media, social media companies have these special exemptions where they're not supposed to be 
acting as editor. Well, but maybe we should take it. Right. That's what I'm saying. And now they've gotten so big. Who gave them those and why? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, no, think, I think I think if, if everybody's verified, if the humans are verified on Twitter so you know who the bot is and who the human is, and you, you force people to come outside of their, out of their avatar where they can hide and they can be snarky whether on the left or the right, I think it will improve the discourse on Twitter. Oh, so you're saying if somebody has to put the real name down that's verified. Exactly, yep. Well, I, I, you know, I'd be with you. That, that could be a starter, bud. That could be, because yeah. I, I honestly don't have a solution. He's proposing, right? He's proposing that and edit button. So yeah, that, I think that would be good things. That right? might, I'm not saying we can't fix it. I'm saying I, yeah. I that the idea that we're just going to go from one, ed- and one editor to the next, I, that I don't. Oh, Elon Musk is not my hero. Elon no. Musk is the guy that I agree with you. He got he became a billionaire because his company wasn't profitable, and he all, he got all kinds of subsidies from the state. So he's not my hero. I just like the fact that he's going to be a competitor in this space, and it's going to force these other companies to well, you be more dash, respectful of libertarian and conservative thought. If they're going to drive drive back from the Wall Street model, I'm just I'm glad I'm not lending them any money for this. This could be the forty four billion dollar fiasco, but hopefully not. Hell, thank you very much, buddy. Good stuff as usual. I'm going to come out and sit in your uh, classical class so I can learn something. <laughs> anytime, man, anytime. <laughs> Take care. SP Features down 20 and SP Features down 62. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.